I love to draw pictures um, with words, and I'm going to do that. And I'm just going to be right up front. The seven, I, that's why I'm going to give you seven things that you already know what they are. And I want the Father to instill these things in us as we, as we pull on the last days. How many would believe that we're in the last days? It's just obvious. I will just take a minute, and I'm not sure at the end exactly how much time I'm going to get, but, but um, so my brother Steve, I, I just want you to know the milestones. So I was nine years old. I'll never, ever forget the moment. And um, so the preacher preached. The camp didn't much uh, do altar calls and stuff like that. Um, I was at a Beulah Bible camp, I think it was called. And so I don't know how many years, I was nine years old, and my heart wanted Jesus. And so I was sitting at a campfire, I'll never forget it, what, whatever reason, you were on the other side of the campfire, and you saw tears coming down my eyes. And you walked over, and you said, Tim, would you like to receive Jesus? Do you remember that moment? Yeah, I, I, didn't, not, I wasn't sure you remembered it. Um, of course, it's, it's the most important moment in my whole life. And every time I think of Jesus in my life, I think of that moment and what started. I really did have, can I, can I say about our family? I, we grew up in a culture that did not talk about anything. And when you, you, some of you will nod your head and say, yeah, I remember that, 70s and 80s. They didn't sit down and say, Tim, I see you've been getting D minuses on every grade for the last two years. What's the problem? Mom didn't say that. She just says, I don't know. Metamorphosis. Uh, I learned about the boys and girls in the, in the locker room, you know, and we just all I have to say, what I'm trying to say is their love, mom and dad's love, showing us salvation, and they were fighting and trying to figure it all themselves until the Holy Spirit came into our lives. And I remember that moment. I remember playing outside with some friends and throwing snowballs at cop cars as they'd go by. And the key was when the thump hit, we'd, about three of us, we would hide behind the brushes and we'd throw the snowballs and they'd hit the cop cars and we would scatter different directions. I think I was doing that that night. Sorry. <laughs> and I remember jumping over that green fence on 502 South Street. And I remember walking in the, and weird things were going on. And you looked at me and you said, Tim, would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? I said, no, I was throwing snowballs. Yeah. No, no, he was, he was throwing Holy Ghost balls inside the house. And I said, Sure. 
And when I sat down, and again, anybody that might be opposed or not understand the baptism and the Holy Spirit, or if you have been taught that it's not real, I'm so sorry. I just, I don't know what to say. I I guess my final statement is, when you walk into heaven, you're going to be really surprised. Because everybody's going to be speaking in tongues. You're not going to talk to no Chinese friend if you're not speaking in tongues. Another story for another day. That's what it is. We will speak by the Spirit. That's what the ultimate goal in our life is, is that we begin to speak from spirit to spirit. And, and mom and dad did that, even though they never talked to us about anything. And I'm sorry about that culture. I'm sorry that, that there was a culture like that. We just got along. We just figured stuff out. But then when the Holy Spirit came in, all of a sudden clarity began. So I'm going to talk to you about two things. The first 10 minutes or so I have in my heart to talk to you about the kingdom of darkness. And I would like Joshua to sit in this chair right here. Fast. Come on. This is the kingdom of darkness. And so I want to read a scripture to begin. And it's... (laughs) Is that okay? You shouldn't have wore red this morning. It should have been black. But it's okay. You're coming. You're coming in. I want to read Luke 13, 24 to 30. I think they, they have it there. There was a great cost to anyone who enters through the doorway, the straight gate. It doesn't say that there, but um, I'll go there in a minute. I tell you, many want to enter but won't be able to. Once the head of the house has shut the door, it will be too late. Even you standing outside, knocking, begging, entering. Some of you have even said, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord. Yeah. (laughs) He will say, and I don't know who you are. I want you to grab this. Then you will reply, but Lord, I dined with you and I walked with you. And you will reply, don't you understand? I don't know you. I don't know who you are. You are not a part of my family. Is this uh, the passion? Yep. You are not a part of my family. I will not let you in. Now go away, for you are all disloyal and evil you will experience great weeping and great anguish as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob along uh, the, the prophets of Israel in God's kingdom while you yourselves are barred from entering. You will see people streaming from the four corners of the earth accepting the invitation and the feast of God's realm while you are on the outside looking in and taking note some will be despised and views and, and, and at least important now, but one day, some seem least important, but one day the master will place them at the head of the line and some whom you view as elite today will become the least important then. Very clear. So this morning as I was praying, I saw you sitting there and I saw something in his hands. None of you will ever guess what that is. It's not a beer bottle. This is a heathen. 
and the, and no, seriously, I want, I want you to consider the heathens that you know. Whoever's listening, I want you, I, 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 I'm beckoning you to look at them. Do you judge them? Are you obnoxious to them? Or are you salt and light? I don't care if they don't like you, if they're irritated. My, my question is, when they see you, what do they feel? And so I saw something in his hand, the heathen. And you'll never guess what it is. And I feel like this is from the Lord. It was a Bible. Does that sound like the right thing? The answer is no. Because the end of this message today, in a little bit, in in 30 or 40 minutes, is it's either law or grace. One who is not saved, the last two days I have been meditating on this person. And you will not, you see, you have, your door has not opened to the New Testament. You are stuck in the law. You say, but he's never read the Bible. Oh, it doesn't matter. One day, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. And when when he looks at you, he will see one of two things. Grace or the law. If you're judged by the law, you will burn forever in hell. If you you judge your life by the law, oh, I went... I went to confession, I went to church, I did what was good, I did what was right, then you don't understand the gospel. You don't understand what he did. Totally went. And so when I saw you, I saw you sitting there and I saw one word, stuck. You can't look back. I, me and Kath were watching something the other day and I almost began to weep because I saw a picture of this person. What, what she was, was she was, we, she was born into prostitution and she was redeemed. It's a long story, but well, that was, that was Rahab. That was Rome, uh, John 8, the woman who was thrown, thrown in the street. She was pathetic. She was under the law. She was stuck. She was stuck. All she could do is go and give herself. And she was stuck. She was afraid. She was ashamed. She was nothing. She had nothing. All she was stuck in, all she could do is look in the Old Testament and say, what can I do? I can give a sacrifice. I go and I try to say, God, here I am, I'm a paper, I can't see back and I can't see forward. I'm stuck. I'm wrapped around in a cloak and its name is the law. I can't see anything. And one day, one day, God exploded out of a tomb and he opened Matthew chapter one 
and verse 1. And this person had the ability to break through the, the ordinances of the law. Read, read Romans 1. Oh, let's do that. You okay sitting there for a while? All right. Go ahead. Let's do the kingdom of the unbeliever. Herb. So do you want to know who this is right here? This is it. Romans chapter 1. The Bible is so amazing. So instead of reading 18 through 22, I'm just going to give you the highlights. An unbeliever is one who suppresses the truth. The kingdom of the unbeliever. You got that? Anyway, read through the first uh, 18 to 22, and here's what, it, here's what you'll find. This defines him. I suppress the truth in unrighteousness. My thoughts are futile. And at verse 28, it says, I have a debased mind. This is Romans 1. My heart is dark. This is who this person is. This person is stuck. This chair is the law. Your, 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 your life is consumed in the law. Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it anger? Is it fear? Is it, is it insignificance? And when you decided to go into the kingdom of heaven, we'll talk about it in just a minute, how much of the law did you take along with you? Now, there's nothing wrong with the law because you will continue to keep it. But if you are stuck in this place, and here's the key to this person. He can't see forward and he can't see back. He's stuck. He's stuck. He's stuck in one spot. He's stuck. He's stuck. So your ability to be creative to be salt, to be light. When you see someone that is unsaved, uh, 10 dozen cookies in three years will do a whole lot better than going and saying, turn or burn, turn or burn. And you understand that. The spirit of which, that which you carry is gonna make all the difference with this person, whether he comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, one more time. Here is who he is, Romans 1. He suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. He has futile thoughts in his soul. He has a debased mind. He has a dark heart. He has a dead spirit. He's under the law. And then basically the last several verses talking about homosexuality and those things. And again, we need to be very careful how we talk about it. God needs those people in our kingdom, no matter what they believe. It says, we are just animals. Read it. That's what, that's what they say. When I go, when I die, and, and, and I've just had a memorial service, and that's what the guy said. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And I, and I hope what happens is I have a stroke, 
and I'm just gone. Then it'll be over. I heard those words two weeks ago out of this guy's mouth. It'll be over. This man, that man was stuck. He was stuck in the law. He did not understand. He, he will never go anywhere. So your ability, we need to move on to this message. Let's read one more verse. Titus 1, 15 and 16. Two more verses. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing, nothing is pure. But even their minds and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in their works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified. You know what this person is? Oh, but he's a lawyer. He's very successful. If for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, this man fills up his bank account with a million dollars, and it's over, and he burns forever in hell. We have to grow. We have to burn the picture of this person in our hearts and in our minds. We have to do everything as a church to say, this person is stuck, and we got to unstuck him. I don't think that was exactly right verbiage, but we do. We have to. Together, we have to get you unstuck. We have to show you grace. We have to show you grace. And so, you can sit down for a few minutes. Give him a hand. You can take that. So as I go forward here, I want to show you the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And in case it is unclear, as I take the next few minutes, um, they're not necessarily different. But I'm going to show you, to me, some very clear differences. To begin with, the one who uses the phrase kingdom of heaven is Matthew. Now, Matthew is the one who observed the entire Sermon on the Mount, right? And then as he went he continues to draw a picture of the character of, of someone who is going into his kingdom. And so go ahead and show that graphic, the kingdom of heaven. So here are the seven keys for this day. Here it is. Very, very complicated. Faith, hope, love, uh, righteousness, peace, and joy and grace. I'll say it again. When, in a few minutes, when we get done with these two graphics, I feel like the kingdom of heaven is love, joy, peace. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. I can't prove that, but but it seems that way when, in a few minutes when you see this picture. One more time. Love, grace. Hope, grace. Faith and grace. Righteousness and grace. Peace and grace. 
joy, and grace. On the other hand, hatred. What's the opposite of grace? The law. Joy, depression, the law. Peace. Is there a better word to describe when we lay down or 10 billion people, how many billion people are on this earth and they lay their head down at night? Is there a better description to say what is somebody looking for? Peace. And we'll, just, we'll define in a few minutes how important peace is. So disturbance and stuck, stuck in the law. Righteousness, unrighteousness. Remember that, Romans 1? They literally live in unrighteousness. So my question is, how do you describe Romans 1 to somebody who won't listen? You don't. You pray, and the Father has to draw that person. And somebody said, and somebody said, see, we can't shove something down somebody's throat. We be light. We be salt. And then they will come. They always do. I can't tell you how many times I've loved on somebody in the bus, in the bus, in the bus, and two years later, they're walking out the door and say, I don't know what it is about you, but will you pray for me? I'm doing terrible today. <laughs> and that was two years after smiling and them getting sick of my smile and sick of my niceness or whatever it is. They come to you and they say, I gotta have what you have. That's the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. You say, well, I'm confused. What is love, joy, peace then? It's all together. The, 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 the answer, we'll uh, draw the picture later. You got that graphic? The kingdom of heaven. Everybody say faith, hope, and love. The kingdom of heaven. Okay, that's all right. I'll go through these really quickly. There's 10 things, the kingdom of heaven. And they're all in Matthew, every single one. There's 32 verses that say the kingdom of heaven, and they're all in Matthew. There's 68 verses that says the kingdom of God, and they're spread throughout 10 chapters in the Bible. So here's the kingdom of heaven. Number one, I'll, do, I'll go through them very quickly. Repent, Matthew 3, 2. Humble in spirit, the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 3. Seeking after pearls, Matthew 13, 45. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 7, 21. A dragnet for salvation, Matthew 13. Mustard seed, Matthew 13, 31. The God of riches, 
This is right in the, the whole place where the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and it's easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Seven, the God of rich, uh, number eight, salvation. The cost is the same to all. Uh, someone was sent out in the morning, in mid-morning, in the afternoon, and at quitting time. How, how much did they get paid? They all got paid salvation. Yeah, this one. Um, keys, this is one of my favorite verses, uh, Matthew 16, 19. I have given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I ask you in Jesus' name to unlock creativity that you can take people along with you when it's time. But you have to have boldness. You have to get righteousness, peace, and joy. We'll go there in a minute. And finally, one of my favorite words in the last couple years, mysteries. When you get unstuck from the law, grace will begin to unlock all of the mysteries and the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And all the people said, my question is how much do you want to dig? How much do you truly want in the kingdom of heaven? For by grace, say it with me, Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith and it's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For by grace you will be saved through faith. That is the answer. It's no more complicated than that. That is the answer for this person who is stuck Whoever they are, wherever they are, whatever is going on. And I'm telling you, the moment you come up with a religious spirit and a pointy finger and a, and a rotten attitude and don't show Jesus, that person won't, won't come. How good do your cookies taste? That's, that's the answer to the question. Along with your intercessory prayer. Jesus has a plan for us, and it's not complicated. For by grace, grace and faith. Grace and faith. And what's the second thing? Hope. Romans 8, 24. For you are saved through hope, this hope. Hope and grace. What is the makeup of faith? Hope. Hope and grace. Faith and grace. Love and grace. You say, well, that love is a little bit more complicated. True, but it's not any more complicated than John 3.16, right? Everybody knows John 3.16. Every baseball game has it, has it plastered right there in the backstop. For God so loved because of his grace the world. Hallelujah. And then one of my favorite, whether you have it here or not, 
Romans 5. Let me just read this. And not only this, it's the first three or four verses. We glory in tribulation knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. So the kingdom of heaven, when you came and you got unloosed, remember yourself when you were stuck? Anybody remember when you were stuck? I remember. I, I remember the tragedy of my sin, that whatever tears were coming down and I felt, sorry, I was nine years old, but I, it was something to me. It was a moment to me. And I also remember when I was 11, doing the same thing in my room, and, and, and 15, I walked up at a David Wilkerson thing. And I remember going up and running down and tears rolling down my face. I'm telling you, if you haven't wept before God, it's time. It's time to break loose the chains, the, the, the chains of law that are binding you. If you have so much pride that you have not gone to Father and wept about your sin, about your insolence, about your defraud, about your pretense, about the things in your life, you, it, it's time. It's time, it's time, it's time. So now let's move to the kingdom of God. Righteousness, grace. Peace, grace. Joy and grace. In the Holy Ghost. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eat nor drink. So, so what's the deal about the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God? I don't know. Just Matthew points out almost every single time, repenting, humble in spirit, seeking after pearls, the pearl of great price, finding salvation. Not everyone says, Lord, Lord. Even if you think you are in the kingdom, there will be somebody that stands before him and God will say, I don't know you. Ouch. Oh. I'm bold enough to look at somebody and say, don't let that person be you. But, 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 I prophesied in your name. I never knew you. We didn't exchange. There wasn't spirit to spirit. We didn't know each other. There's a problem here in our communication. You are still wrapped up in the law. So here's the kingdom of God, 10 things. Mark one, repent. That's in both, it's, it's mentioned in the kingdom of heaven in Matthew and here. And again, I'm not telling you that they're different. They're same, but the kingdom of God seems to, to come with authority. Seems to come with righteousness, a receptor of righteousness, an attitude of peace. Do you know what peace is? It's the soil to righteousness. James 3, 16 and 17. For the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. 
If you sit before God in your quiet time and you have peace, he will show you the breastplate of righteousness. He'll show it to you. He'll show you that you are standing right with him. Grace. It's the opposite of bound up by the law. What happens then? Then you have joy. If you have a prune face all the time, you got a problem. Something's got to happen here. Oh, I was going to make you frown. I was going to see if I could do that up there. It's not easy for you to do that, I know. <laughs> Number two, heal the sick. Now, listen to the description. Now, every one of these verses says the kingdom of God. Number one, repent. Uh, Mark 1.15. Luke 9.2, heal the sick. Luke 12.31, prosperity. Read it. Um, 1 Corinthians 4.20, not in word. The kingdom of God is not in word, but power. When, the, when you have been received the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.8, you will be endued with the kingdom of God. It will, the kingdom of God is among us. Tell, tell, John, uh, tell John the Baptist that the, the, the sick are healed, the lame walk, the blind see. The kingdom of God, the kingdom, mom, kingdom of God is within me. I know no defeat, only victory. Amen. Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, and his righteousness. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Preaching the gospel. Mark 1, 14. Preaching the gospel. Luke eleven twenty. 20. The kingdom of God, cast out demons. Mark 4, the soil of your heart. I love this one. So the whole picture that Jesus, here, here's what the kingdom of God is. It's you building a soil of peace. Get this in your mind. The soil of your heart is got to be peace. When does it not go right with me and my wife? When? When I'm angry. Is it true? Yeah. Yeah. When does it not go right? When I, as the little L Lord of my home, do not set a soil of peace. The kingdom of God will not, righteousness, joy will not grow in my home. That's what happens. kingdom of God. Luke 17, 21. It is written within you. The kingdom of God is within you. So the, the final, uh, the last one is bearing fruit. Matthew 21, 43. So here, here's what I would like to do. I would like you to find five other people, Joshua, and come up here quickly. So the four of you would come, and just one more. Mrs. Pomper, 
whoever. Why don't you come and help, Diana? I like you. Oh, Diana. So stand right here and right here and right here and right here and right here. Come on, organize. You're on the bottom. Let's see. Uh, why don't you guys come down to the next one? Looks prettier. There, perfect. You are love. You are joy. You are. Let's see here. Make sure we get this right. Excuse me, you are faith. I knew I goofed up. Faith, hope, and love. Your love. You are <laughs> peace, righteousness. And we need one more. So we're going to have to reorganize. Put two up here. <laughs> so there's six things. All right. You are Hope and love, you are peace, righteousness, and joy. <laughs> and who am I? Grace. 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 Go ahead, say your name. Faith. Faith and grace. Hope. And grace. Love. And grace. Peace. And grace. And grace. Joy. And grace. And this is the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. You have to enter into the straight gate. So this is Matthew 7, 14. Here's what it says. So here, I got a question for you. Spell straight. S-T-R-A-G-H. Nope. Say it again. Loud. Okay, so that's not how they spell it in Matthew 7, 14. Straight is spelled S-T-A-S-T-R-A-I-T. And what it means is a constricted, small space or gate. Go, go look it up. It's really interesting. It is the same idea as the rich man, and he said, you must enter in through the eye of the needle, or a gate. It's not, it's not the end of a pen. It is the eye of a needle. It's a place in which you can't go through into the kingdom of heaven unless you take off every piece of the law, every piece of pride, every part of who you are, and you enter in to the straight gate. And the gate that, the, the, the gate that you are on that is, that is just easy. 
I got money, I got women, I got wine, I got whatever I want, but when I go back to my quiet place, I am stuck. One, on the count of three, everybody say it. One, two, three, stuck. You're stuck. But when I enter into the straight gate, I am on a pathway to the kingdom of God. Devils cast out. I heal the sick. I raise the dead. And I have this. And grace. And grace. And grace. And grace. And grace. Joy. <laughs> Without joy. Grace, 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 grace. If you, if you want the answer to your question, it's grace. And, and the keys to the kingdom will be these six things. No doubt. And in my, the way that I lay out these scriptures, it's the kingdom of heaven. You are defining how a mustard seed how you can move a mountain. How in the world do I do that? I don't know. It's with grace. It's with him showing you. And if, if, I, if there, was, there would be, hope would actually, you would be in this place and in this place because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Your job is to give hope to your neighbor to the person you run into, to the grocer, to whoever it is. Father, in the name of Jesus, let us have grace. Say it again. And hope. Hope. And, and grace. What did I say? You said hope. Oh, I can't get off of hope. Hallelujah. Say it again. And grace. Hope. And grace. Love. And grace. Peace. And grace. Grace, 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 grace. Grace is the divine influence upon the heart. Grace is, is unmerited favor. Grace is the ability to, to say, I'm really sick of being stuck under the law. I'm so stuck. I'm so stuck of being stuck. Oh, here it is. Straight, S-T-R-A-I-T, pent up, narrow, difficult to enter. I'll say it again. Straight, the straight gate, pent up, narrow, difficult to enter. Does that define our kingdom? Yes. This ain't a, this ain't a, a cakewalk. It's, it's not easy. So two more verses and I'm done. And it's, um, it's James 3.17. Hang on, just a couple minutes. One more time. Faith. And grace. Hope. And grace. Love. And grace. Peace. Grace. Grace. Joy. Grace. Don't, don't leave out Grace. James 3, 17, watch this, the kingdom of God. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be, be entreated, full of good fruits, without partiality, without 
hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of those who make peace. Do you have a demeanor that knows you're right with God? It will begin with the peace that passes understanding. Isaiah 61, look at this. You know this. Uh, uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And so then verse three, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give beauty for ashes. Uh, Psalm 52, seven, say it with me if you know it. How lovely upon the mountain are the feet of the beautiful feet of those who bring peace, announcing peace. Do you see the kingdom of God? All the way through the Old Testament, they were crying and crying that, that, that the Messiah would come. Why was it such a big deal? Because they were sick of giving sacrifices. They were sick of killing lambs and, and doves and the blood everywhere. Finally, Jesus' precious blood took his grace. It took it all so that the ordinances and the, the, the stuck would get unstuck and we would have through grace and we would have through grace. Love. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> through grace. Peace. Through grace. Grace through grace. The garment of praise, joy for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees righteousness. of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. Can we get the children? Everybody's coming in here for a few minutes. So we're going to do something as we're closing down and as we're praying over this kingdom and our lives in this kingdom. I'm going to have you stand in a minute and I want to pray with you. But here's what we're going to do. The name of this next song is Peace Be Still. And we have a dance by my nieces and you guys are going to love this, Stephen Joyce. This is for you. This is our gift for you. He, he looked at me, my brother looked me at the face and said, don't make a, be stealthy. Don't make a big deal about this 40th anniversary thing. Please, please. And so I said, okay. I said, but, but I, I want you to know, I want you to know how much I love you. I just, I, I just can't stand it. I, I, I do, and I just want to say it. I appreciate it. So you're going to love this, this little drama. So say this with me a few times. Let faith arise. Lord, I believe. Let faith arise in me.
Let faith arise. Lord, I believe. Let faith arise in me. Let faith arise. Lord, I believe. Let faith arise in me. Let faith arise. Lord, I believe. Let faith arise in me. Let faith arise. Lord, I believe. Let faith arise in me. Let faith arise. Lord, I believe. Let faith arise in me. Let faith arise. Lord, I believe. Let faith arise in me. One more time. Would you stand with me? Let faith arise. Lord, I believe. Let faith arise in me. One more time. Let faith arise. Lord, I believe. Let faith arise in me. Father, in the name of Jesus, will you lift your hands with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you in the name of Jesus with my friends. We see the person that is dead in their trespasses and sin, and they are stuck on their chair of the law. God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to give us compassion and understanding of how to have grace towards our neighbor, towards our, our employer, towards our, the person that we stand with. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to give us this revelation with grace. Hope. With grace. Love. With grace. Peace. With grace. Righteousness. With grace. And joy with grace, Father, in the name of Jesus, let it burn in us. Let your, let your kingdom, the kingdom that, 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 that with the Father, Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father, and I sit with him. Help me enter into the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You guys can sit down and we have a dance, a drama. You can take that chair out.